0: Circle of Salt going critical is now a sodium reactor. To avoid unwanted radiation, please stop listening now and go to a more mild podcast. We are explicit for a reason.
1: Okay, so the first thing we should do is remind everyone out there to vote. Because this is definitely going to be the only venue that ever does that for you in the next <laughs> s- several days.
0: <laughs> and we're probably going to release this after November 3rd, unless I, like, get my ass sat down tonight oh, and just edit knows. it. <laughs>
1: that sounds like something you do.
0: I hope you voted. There. Now we covered both ends. You yes. reminded them to vote, and I say you hope they voted.
1: In my perspective, you have not voted yet. Tiff is speaking from the perspective, the theoretical perspective that this message will get to you too late
0: (laughs) because i i'm gonna be the one editing and i know what it's like right now i don't know why i'm standing that's a dumb thing for me to be doing right now
1: yeah i just stand up because i don't sit down but
0: i normally stand up too but i can't
1: yeah right now you can't so here's the podcast this is circle of salt we do it different now uh now it is me and tiff
0: By the way, if you didn't figure it out already, I have been editing the podcast.
1: Yes, Tiff is the mysterious dark shadow.
0: Still that on Tumblr. (laughs) Do you want to tell people where they can find you, or are you just going to be mysterious?
1: I'm Felix Warren, Google me. (laughs) Wait.
0: And this is what it's like to have a husband that's Tumblr famous.
1: If you don't know who I am, how the fuck did you find this podcast? (laughs)
0: Do I need to introduce myself?
1: <laughs> it, it sort of like kind of feels like the the cart before the horse there. Like <laughs> this is the podcast you're listening to because you like give a shit about what I'm putting on a podcast. And I I know that there's gotta be a whole bunch of other goddamn occult podcasts that you can listen to before this one.
0: Please listen to other occult podcasts <laughs> before this one, because this is what you're gonna get. <laughs> At some point, we'll
1: have a bad occult advice podcast.
0: Oh God, this will then, be better then, than that. Then yes, listen to this one before bad occult advice podcast. <laughs> oh my God,
1: it will be the only thing. So, to say to you.
0: we just decided we're gonna have a podcast. By the way, it's Halloween Eve for all you people who actually try to keep track of when people actually record things. I'm not gonna make it hard for you.
1: Halloween. Halloween. So, we were going to talk about, like, what our Halloween traditions were at some point. Oh, yeah. Do you want to just go into it? Sure. So, uh, you start.
0: Okay. So, what I normally do for Halloween, when it's not fucking COVID, Mm -hmm. is I usually, um, well, Halloween's also on Saturday this year, so I can't do this either. I wear a uh, cat ear headband to work. And I do makeup like I'm a cat. I have done it for five years now. And it's a lot of fun. And it doesn't require much. Any outfit can be a cat outfit. Just put ears on it. And then draw some whiskers on your face. You don't even have to draw the nose fun. So, I do that. I'm not going to do that this year. Because I'm stuck at home on Saturday. And where there's going to be no trick-or-treaters. And... I also twisted my ankle, so I'm not going to be standing in front of a mirror, because I would totally do it for fun, just because. But I can't do that this year, so I'm very sad.
1: None of that.
0: (laughs) None. But what we can do is another Halloween tradition that I've been doing since, oh my god, college, is I watch Pocus Pocus, Night Before Christmas, and since I met you, I've added practical magic to this list so
1: practical magic has been like the witch movie for me uh-huh um i wonder if you'll be able to edit out the sound of storms skittering oh, who across cares? the floor hey,
0: we have cats i'm not gonna hide the <laughs> fact that we have cats we are never gonna be able to edit out that the flicky flick you might have just heard is a cat door that this, we are standing by
1: this house is full of foley
0: so, we are never going to edit out the cats. I'm not even going to try. So, I'm going to say we have three cats. Do you want to name the two that uh, call them yours?
1: Yeah, Holly and Hawthorne are mine.
0: And then my mischievous Storm is a... God, is she eight, nine months old now?
1: Something like that. Yeah. She's not, she's not a year yet.
0: She's not a year yet, and she's an absolute monster.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Halloween traditions... The thing is, um, I do what the rest of America does. I give, chi- I give children candy that they don't deserve, and I sometimes dress up as something that I usually am not. So, <laughs> um, the big tradition that I do is the King's Ride, mm-hmm. which happens right after Halloween. Like, the, literally the moment after Halloween ends,
0: mm-hmm.
1: on an atomic clock, is when the King's Ride begins.
0: <laughs> Dude, we should get an atomic clock. Can you... Can you, you can. Get an acomp- you can get one that's tuned, like, it's on the radio frequency of the National oh, Atomic Clock.
1: I see. So it, it, it
0: We also geek out a lot about nuclear stuff, so you're probably going to hear about that too. Just FYI.
1: I'm not sure if I'm geeking out so much as, like, trying to get the idea that an atomic clock is basically an RSS feed. <laughs>
0: You can time it by the RSS feed of Trump's tweets.
1: Oh my god. (laughs) No.
0: That would be a weird fucking clock.
1: You know? Okay,
0: anyways, we were talking about your Halloween tradition.
1: Yes. Um, I basically have some fun Halloween night, but then since I do the King's Ride, um, which is a big, uh, spiritual retreat that I do for the whole month of November, and, and you go on it too now. Whoop whoop. Um... The whole evening of the thirty first is usually spent preparing for it in some way because it's a big magic ritual. I mean, it's like uh, the equivalent of somebody's saun ritual.
0: Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean we can't have a party.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is, and yeah, the party is important to have.
0: We're gonna have that. We're gonna have a party for two. Party.
1: Well, when you're a, a demonologist, there's there's no counting who's at the party.
0: Right. So. That's our Halloween traditions. Um, What are you going to miss about this year because of COVID? For all you people who are tuning in from the future, we have been stuck inside the house. Well, I have not been stuck inside the house. Felix has been stuck inside the house for pretty much since January. Hey,
1: if you've been listening to Omnibus, and you're one of the crustaceans that <laughs> that lives 30,000 years after humanity dies right, out, just... and you found a tape of Circle of Salt right next to your Omnibus tapes, then this is when we were all dealing with that thing.
0: You're just gonna drop Omnibus. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, we listen to other podcasts.
1: That's the thing, is that I promote things that... that I, I promote people who probably have no idea that I exist. <laughs>
0: right?
1: <laughs> There's no quid pro queer.
0: <laughs> so, what are you going to miss most about Halloween traditions that you can't do because of COVID?
1: Um, I really do miss giving candy to the children, even though I feel like a big, like cranky, grouchy person this year. I would really like to just put a bowl of candy down stairs and know that whenever i looked down there three hours later it would be completely empty
0: it's probably still going to be like that because there are going to be some kids that are going to go around and just swipe
1: i am just utterly horrified (laughs) by the idea that anybody is going to go trick-or-treating and so i just cannot in 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 moral conscience, do it this year
0: i like yeah i'm gonna miss that like i
1: put let's put a big bowl of masks out there
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god That'd be hilarious.
1: Masks and
0: vitamin C packets. <laughs> yeah, but we can't put out hand sanitizers because it's not anywhere.
1: No, they'll just try to drink it.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> so, um, gosh, the thing is I've done the King's Ride so long and I've done it kicking off right at November so long that it I really haven't had, like, Halloween traditions like most people do mm-hmm. for, like... Oh gosh, at least 15 years.
0: Yeah, because all of your Halloween traditions I've noticed sort of round itself around the King's Ride. Um, Do you want to talk a bit about the King's Banquet? Cause yeah. I know that's an important component. And for, I know at least a few years, you've done it basically on Halloween Day. So.
1: Yeah. Um, So the King's Banquet could actually happen any time in October and it technically isn't limited to October, but you probably want to do it then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, you know, before a wedding you have a rehearsal dinner. Yeah. Um, And everybody gets to, you know, rehearse their part in the wedding before they go. This isn't so much of a rehearsal as it is like, kind of a wrap party before the event happens. Um,
0: <laughs> Pre-gaming.
1: Yeah, it's the pre-game ball. Um... I work with a mystical system called the court, which is one of my own invention that a bunch of demons taught me. Um, I mean, if you're listening to my shit, that's probably what you're tuning in for. Um, (laughs) And uh, basically the party is to invite them to come party with mortals. Mm -hmm. So that they can tell us mortals, like, hey, um, here's how November's going to go, and also let's all have one last blast together because we don't know what's going to be different once November starts and after November's done. Because um, part of the point of the King's Ride is that it is a spiritual journey inside a period of time, and by the time it's done, your life is usually different. Mm-hmm. Like... I've never had some kind of weird, ironic thing happen where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, sometimes you go on the king's ride and things aren't so good. I don't really like it when pagans talk about important rites of passage. Here
0: comes
1: the soul. Yes. <laughs> important rites of passage or, or things that are supposed to be like things you do that like are unavoidable in your religion and like um I just hate it when somebody proposes, like, you know, oh, you might meet the queen of the fairies, and she might give you a gift, or she might give you a bane! And it's like, well, then why are you doing it? Um... Like, this is one of those, I feel like people kind of make up stories to explain why a bad thing happened Mm. kind of things, and it's like, you know, you can have an event happen, and, um... A champagne glass gets broken, and that doesn't mean the gods are displeased with you. It means that you live on Earth.
0: Well, a cat might be displeased with you.
1: <laughs> yes, a cat is displeased with me because there's a moth out there that he can't eat. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, with the King's Ride, they're showing up for good reasons. Yeah, um, They're here to have fun and to party. Um, and for the King's Banquet, they're basically like, hey here's a couple things that you're going to be in for when it comes to the Mm -hmm. King's Ride that you should know. There's kind of, like, prophecies and stuff. Um, There's a toast to the king. um, And there is inviting friends over so that (laughs) I can have them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's another thing that we're kind of discussing because I've been on the King's Ride. I've attended what, five King's Banquets at this time have been on three King's Rides?
1: I can't even count them Yeah,
0: I think so. Um, So, basically, one of the things with the banquet is that you sort of feel out if, you know, obviously not this year, um, but you sort of feel out if anyone else is going to be going with you in Mm -hmm. your physical space. That's the thing,
1: is that if the court were, I don't want to say a larger tradition... But, um, if there were more people practicing in this tradition at the same time, um, then you would, uh, possibly have a party where, you, like, people have guests over who mm-hmm. haven't been part of this before, and someone could get, basically, a foretelling that they're invited on the ride. Right. And you kind of just get pulled in. And the idea is that this happens because it's fun.
0: Yes.
1: Um, this is not, like, the court is not here to fuck up your life. <laughs> I guess I've heard too many stories about people being like, oh, yeah, I worship this deity, and they fuck up my life all the time and my friends' lives, but it's okay, because insert bullshit here. And it's like, (laughs) no, that's not how it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a few things I like about nice, cuddly religions that are fluffy, and one of them (laughs) is that you can depend on your deities to be nice to you. (laughs) go on
0: (laughs) so um when it comes i know you've been hosting the king's banquet for a lot longer than like i've even really known you so looking back over the king's banquets that you've had especially thinking about how much they intersect with your halloween preparations and stuff um Have you noticed a change in how the King's Banquets have gone from when you started till now?
1: Well, they used to not be a a separate event. They used to just be part of the King's Ride. Like, that was simply the pregame for the King's Ride the night before, and it was just part of the process. Um, Mm -hmm. It really became the banquet whenever I seriously considered bringing other people into it. Um, And also just showing people what it was and, and, like, talking with them about it, even if people weren't going to be going on it with me. Um, and so it's like the first thing you need whenever you're going to bring people into something is a party. Right. Um, especially just to emphasize the fun of it. And also, uh, I've been brought to rituals, uh, for circles that I'm not part of before. And, uh, it can be very awkward Mm -hmm. if people are doing something that they've done for years and you're only there that one night. Um, so, it's a lot easier to feel like you can participate if it's in a format that everyone recognizes and understands. Right.
0: So, um, how do you? I mean, we've been sort of talking about this. How do we do a King's Banquet when it's just us? We don't have friends to invite this year. <laughs> well, because <laughs> everyone's just bunkered down. No one's. It's like freaking Goodness, it seemed like zombie apocalypse there for a bit but anyways
1: i think yeah. that uh there's uh, potential for online events like we've talked about twitch um yeah. uh i think uh things like uh playing jackbox online with friends uh, doing an amazon watch party uh-huh. uh since the the banquet part of the king's ride is really there to have fun mm-hmm. so as long as you can just connect with people and talk and play some games together I mean, you've pretty much done it. I mean, the one of the most important parts of the night is to play chess. Yeah. And chess is one of the first games that anyone invents for people to play together on any platform. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess we're going to have to play a game of chess. Yes. And maybe the listeners will be updated if I win. If I don't, we are never going to speak of this again. By the way, I am super competitive, so... <laughs> Uh, Felix already knows this, but I'm letting you all know. <laughs> when have we played chess? We never have. Oh my god! We've actually never played chess against each other. Like shit's I've passing never, in the night. I've never mentioned this because I love you.
1: But I just heard the heat is on start playing in the yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why we want friends, so then we don't end up at each other's throats because of chess. <laughs>
1: yes. Well...
0: Don't worry, we'll still have the Felix on November 1st.
1: One thing that we will have uh, is access to the court, because they're always invited. Yes. Um, And I will say that at an event where spirits are invited alongside the the, uh, uh, corporeal human beings, um, the room feels like it's got more people in it. Yeah. And it feels like things are busier, and Mm -hmm. like a party's going on. Uh, So... Um, that part I'm looking forward to.
0: Do you want to talk about some ways that maybe other people can, uh, sort of invite spirits into a party space? Because, like, that's not something people really talk about is like, how do you, um, if you're doing a party for partially to honor or to, um, invite entities as a guest, how do you set up for them?
1: So, um, First, I'm going to kind of check off security real fast. The question of security is actually pretty complex. And so basically I'm going to say, you're going to need to work out this problem. And I'm going to tell you (laughs) what the problem is. Like I'm going to make the problem simple for you so that you understand what you've got. It's essentially like running an event in real life. You need to understand how you're going to have a list at the door to make sure the right people get in. And how you're going to be able to check them by a list. Do they have a spooky type of name? Do they have some sort of sigil? Whatever. ID them however you ID them. If you don't know how to ID spirits coming in and out of your house, you shouldn't be throwing a party with them.
0: <laughs> um, it's going to turn into those really bad high school parties.
1: Yeah, so if you have a, uh, like some spirits or some wards or whatever that run security, then basically set it up for the night. Uh, you want a temporary space where everybody can basically just party and kind of have just a good time. Um... Like, I, the idea is that, uh, you know, you set up your backyard for uh, 20 people to come over um, when it's not COVID. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no,
0: we can still have 20 people. We can have we 20 spirits at a time.
1: Yeah, so we we can cram as many spirits in here as we want, and they don't have to wear any masks. <laughs> um, but, yeah. You, you basically want to figure out like, how you will manage this presence. You're going to have spirits going in and out separate from each other. And some people experience that as a breach in their wards, like have trouble mm. incorporating that into their security. So you want to allow for it. I find the best way to handle stuff like that is to just straight out have spirits handle your security. They are on that level. They know what's going on.
0: Spirit bouncers, check. Get a pro. Okay, so, so, security is handled.
1: <laughs> Once you've got security handled, which contains the party, <laughs> so it doesn't Step become a block zero. party.
0: Step zero, security. Okay.
1: Um, so, you want to think about what kind of party you're having. Um, so, best way to set the stage is the music. Uh, mm-hmm. Get yourself a playlist or a radio station. Uh, make sure that it's going to be continuous. You know, keep loop on or put it on Pandora or something.
0: Pandora Radio, Spotify Radio, all of those are great.
1: <laughs> now, if you regularly have interference with your internet connection whenever you have spirits over, this won't be how you set it up. You know, you're going to have canned music instead. Hey, Just,
0: if you have regular issues when you have spirits over, move your Wi-Fi router.
1: There is also that. Like, at
0: some point, <laughs> we're going to do, do a whole podcast talk on that. about that for a second.
1: Put <laughs> so a circle of salt around your Wi-Fi no. router.
0: Not a circle of salt around the Wi-Fi router. Wouldn't that
1: reduce the ionizing...
0: uh, We'll talk about this in another podcast. I could go on for 30 minutes on that alone. Anyways, so yes, set the stage, have some music.
1: Set the stage, have some music going. Uh, Remember that you are throwing a party for spirits, and therefore it's a little different. Um, That means that whenever you put out food... If they're the type of spirits to grab food that's lying around, make sure that they know not to grab the food that you're eating. Right. Um, uh, But, yes, make sure that they've got uh, food and drink out, whatever it is that they consider to be snacks, basically.
0: So how I normally do this, and this isn't actually something that we've actually talked about before. We've Mm -hmm. been living together and married for a little while, so um, I don't think we've actually talked about this. I consider like actually putting out a separate plate for entities Mm -hmm. um and like you know we're gonna have a tomorrow night I'm I'm just gonna be talking in terms of uh basically tomorrow night's gonna be the king's banquet we're gonna have a ton of finger foods out here because I am a lazy motherfucker and if it's a holiday I have been raised with you just put stuff on the table it's there all day Mm -hmm. that's how my family always does it. <laughs> and that's how I do it every holiday. It's just like whatever finger foods, uh you eat what you want.
1: Now, when you're cutting up all of your finger foods and putting out the platters and you notice that there's a certain amount of those foods that roll to the floor or somehow just kind of like get get like uh done wrong for some co- coincidental reason, then the spirits have already taken their 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 cut and you don't owe them nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now! Um, I will say that I do put those aside for like this entities or spirits who like sort of dirty food. Mhm. I just like I've noticed certain entities actually like it when I leave wine out until it gets a couple of fruit flies in it or something. Yeah. Like they prefer that. So if um stuff falls to the floor, I usually put it on a plate specifically for like those kind of entities and make sure to let everyone who is corporeal know, "Hey, don't touch that. I don't tell them that it fell on the floor. I just tell them it's for the spirits.
1: <laughs> I mean, for hey, those do two
0: plates, one clean, one dirty. The spirits can take from either, but just let the people know.
1: <laughs> I mean, if you have people over who don't understand the spirit thing at all, which I would not do for the king's banquet, but right. if That happened. And, and you needed to explain to them not to eat food from that plate. I think just telling them that food fell on the floor <laughs> is better than telling them it's for spirits.
0: Well, I mean, I'm assuming that the people who are coming in are knowing, oh, that's another thing. What do you do about inviting people to an event that also is going to be for spirits? Do you make sure that people understand that spirits are going to be there? Yeah. I mean, it also depends on the type of event, but... Like, I feel like it's improper to not let some of the guests know that other guests are going to be there. It's like having, a, I just think of, like, a high society tea where you know two people hate each other. Mm-hmm. You're not going to sit them at the same thing and not let them know that the other person's invited. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're in agreement with that, but, like, that's just my rule is, like, hey... If there's going to be... If this is party for spirits, you need to make sure that the corporeal people um, that are coming in are aware that spirits are going to be there. Because some people are uncomfortable.
1: Or they just... Like... So, it's not just that spirits are going to be there. Right. Um, Usually when spirits are there, it's because... People don't invite spirits over for no reason. (laughs) You, like Except for us. like right. We're like, hey, do you just want to come play Nintendo? But usually when people invite spirits over, it's because they have a job or they have some kind of specific official thing to celebrate. And so, you know, spirits are used to showing up and um, this Having, thing is happening. Yeah,
0: they have a specific set of etiquette and stuff that's assumed for.
1: But um, um, not only that... The reason why you're inviting the spirit over is because there's going to be a ritual. Right. You do not invite somebody over for a party uh, and not tell them that there's going to be a ritual. I mean... That's really awkward.
0: It's like telling people that they're coming to a Halloween party and only one person dresses up. I have been that person that was the only person that dressed up.
1: This would be more like <laughs> everybody else is dressed up and they didn't yeah. tell you to bring a costume.
0: Yeah,
1: It's like, you know... Yeah. You, you don't fit in at all because they didn't tell you like that this was going to be happening. And and with this, you basically have the uh, possibility that somebody shows up who doesn't even know that the ritual is happening. Oh, yeah. And like when people get really weird about rituals is a interesting sentence for me to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, I've I've witnessed some rituals that uh, are not very like hardcore. That are just some people like you know wave a wand around, put some, uh, walk some incense around a circle, say some chants, make a few requests, and call it good. And there's still some people who are too spooked out to yes. even sit next to that and watch
0: it. Yeah.
1: So, like, you've got to get consent from somebody before you basically drag them into some kind of religious shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yes. creepy to do it otherwise. Yes. So I have to tell people ahead of time, look, this is my creepy religious party.
0: <laughs> you don't put it that way. I should. I should just put on it. <laughs> invitation. My creepy invitation to my creepy religious party, all in like blood font. You know that really shitty blood font.
1: I think <laughs> that we should just start calling uh, the uh, Sabbats creepy religious parties. Um. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about the food. And we've talked about the music and the ambiance. Now, how, when you have spirits as guests at your party, um, you don't want to ignore them, Mm -hmm. but they're also non corporeal, so you can't hear them like you, like, you Mm -hmm. know, we. I'm not going to say you can't record a podcast with the Spirit, but you have to jump through some very strange hoops in order to record a podcast with the Spirit.
1: I feel like we're going to get a ghost box one day.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using that as an example. You can't just um, have a conversation party. How do you make them feel like they're a part of things?
1: So I know it
0: depends on the Spirit as well, but...
1: Basically, whoever is MCing, whoever's running the party, needs to be able to check in with the spirits and know what it is that they're mm-hmm. feeling and how they're doing and generally what the pulse is of the spiritual stuff in the room. And that's also a bit like kind of part of your security is that yeah. your security is able to check in with the spiritual guests. Your security isn't just running security; they're also butlering, right? Um, so making sure that the environment itself is just made comfortable Mm -hmm. for spirits as well. Um, making sure that there's enough space in the room to where if like the corporeals are in one section, there could be like a, a section of the room that seems empty, but could be occupied, Mm -hmm. um, by people who are like on an alternate dimension or whatever. Like that, that it's important because otherwise everybody feels very crowded
0: one thing i want to mention that we've done in this house naturally that i think is very helpful for people who do work more extensively with spirits and um, this is something in general we have so much extra seating mm-hmm. in here i can i'm just looking around and i'm counting one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven places that people could sit i mean some of them are comfortable they're like Uh, footstools or ottomans and stuff but it's places that's obviously where someone could park their butt at least for five minutes so Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things you want to think about is not just have enough space for the people who are physically can sit their butt down but have extra spaces that can be filled because some people uh some i've noticed that some entities just like the option to sit down
1: Yeah, like, so one thing I noticed, like, I don't know if people remember this a couple years back, but um, Clint Eastwood was at, like, a Republican uh, convention, a big event, back before Trump was a thing, and he talked to an empty chair that he referred to as having Obama in it, and he actually had a conversation with Obama, who wasn't there, but it was an empty chair, and you can imagine that everybody thought this was pretty kooky, but, but... But Clint Eastwood still has a career,
0: and that's weird. Um, (laughs) And nobody talks about this anymore because of Donald Trump. Apparently, a couple of years ago or last year, he recorded a movie about where he was the most successful drug mule.
1: (laughs) So if that empty chair could work so well for Clint Eastwood, imagine how well it could work for your party. Yes. And also, it's worked for me before. I just needed to tell that story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You need to say swim. Someone who isn't me. Someone
1: who isn't me. Clint Eastwood did it. (laughs) (laughs) He summoned Obama.
0: Obama (laughs) wasn't even dead. (laughs) Oh, the egregore that is Obama. (laughs) (sighs) If someone...
1: Obama, the spirit of hope.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) I can't even be mad at that one.
1: (laughs) Well, there's, a, there's a, a strain of weed called Obama Kush that's pretty good. So mm. uh, I've already made a couple of references to Obama being with me whenever I'm at the weed shop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I am so glad that this is already marked explicit.
1: <laughs> oh, yes.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, that's probably more of a general thing and just something that I've sort of noticed but making sure that everyone can be comfortable, human and spirit, because I can't tell you how awkward it is to feel so claustrophobic in an open room because there are so many entities there that I feel like I can't breathe. Yep. Then I'm going to be sucking in someone's, like, astral essence or something.
1: I've accidentally walked into the ghost section of the party. It's pretty (laughs) thick.
0: (laughs) You, like need like scuba gear. It's
1: like you're walking through jello, warm, angry jello.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here in like my Darth Vader costume.
1: <laughs> and you know, the jello isn't angry because it's a ghost. It's angry because you would be angry if something were walking through you.
0: Yeah. It's
1: just not pleasant.
0: So, yeah. We have music, we have food, we have space. What do you do for entertainment?
1: Um, so entertainment, that's a good uh, question because this is a place where it's really important to also have the spirits be there for it. Um, I like to play uh, multiplayer games, often card games. Um, if it's one where you can have like um, a spare hand of cards be dealt, oh, I like deal to do that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a card game like Cards Against Humanity is pretty perfect for this. You just deal an extra hand. And um, often... There will be a choice from that hand that seems way more dead on than it should, and that's how you know the spirits are present, and they are among us.
0: <sighs> dun dun dun! But we invited them, so of course they're among us.
1: Yeah. So that's no the thing mama. is, uh, yeah. If you if you're invited to a party where there are spirits, and everybody knows this, it is very important to just act cool about it, and not try to be the seance lady of the party.
0: I mean. Like, how awkward would it be? I've actually encountered this um, at a wedding where someone was like, wait, I didn't realize so-and-so was related to the bride. He's here? Like, all freaked out about it. And it's just so awkward. Yeah, you, you
1: you can't make a scene when you know what the point of the party is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Make sure that they feel welcome and they don't feel, like, called out. Like, laugh with them. If it's a Cards Against Humanity and, you know, the deck's been meh, but one's, like, actually really cool, it doesn't mean, like, a specific omen or anything. It might be just a spirit being like, oh, yeah, I got a really good card. <laughs>
1: um, actually, it's really fun to track whether or not the uh, answers are dead on or not because that usually gives you an idea of how fast the spirits are learning how to play.
0: Yes. Uh, Because Um, they don't
1: get everything automatically. (laughs) Uh, They're they're limited just by, like like us, by, like, you know, what hand they're dealt.
0: Not only that, but, like, if you're playing a game like Cards Against Humanity, do you notice sometimes that, like, some people have, uh, I don't know, at bigger parties and stuff, people sometimes hand off their cards? Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that with, like, Spirits as well, where, like, they're playing the deck and it's giving one sort of answer, and then all of a sudden, like, a totally different tone of humor comes out?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely notice whenever Spirits switch. Um, I usually get the sense that they're uh kind of jostling for the microphone.
0: <laughs> my um, turn. My turn. My turn.
1: Especially with uh if it's a really roushous game of Cards Against Humanity. Um, <laughs> I've uh, with uh, Cards Against Humanity types of games, especially, I would suggest kind of catering your deck to this kind of activity. That's one of the reasons why it works so well in our case, is because I've got several expansions of it. I've uh, added and eliminated certain cards. Uh, Modded
0: cards. Yeah,
1: it it works really well for its purpose. Um, Just, you know, whatever kind of entertainment you're setting up, try to to customize it so that um, if they can't participate, at least they can be part of things in some way.
0: So, if it's one of those games where it's more of a game of chance, Um, dice rolls, things like that. Do you notice that sometimes spirits get a little bit, like, more kind of trickster-like and they just sort of nudge the dice or nudge the luck just to see what happens? Like, not in malice or anything, but, like, just to have a bit of fun.
1: I think spirits do that just to show that they're there in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, because they know that they can't really do things the way that we do it over here on the physical plane, Uh, they can't get the same sort of access. So they're going to have to tell jokes in a different way. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think that spirits doing that are honestly just like telling a joke or uh, the equivalent of doing a card trick, not where it's a cheat, but like, you know, you flip the cards really cool or something.
0: Yeah. Okay. So like more parlor tricks or something.
1: Yeah. Stuff to just kind of show people like, hey, yeah, I'm here.
0: I'm
1: not, eh, and I'm not just a square.
0: Right. So... How do you deal with entities that maybe have, uh, not specifically, I mean, obviously, if someone's being absolutely rude, security's going to take care of it. The bouncer's going to bounce them. Yeah. But how do you deal with an entity that maybe, you kind of get the sense that maybe uh, their humor's not quite clicking, Mm -hmm. or if they're just, like, something seems off. Um, Like, they're not being actively malicious, but it's just... They seem a bit mean spirited.
1: I haven't really had mean spirited per se. I have had off though. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, I just kind of uh, I check in with security or whoever it is that's got like a, b- a good eye on it, spirit wise, and I say, "Hey, is so and so doing okay? Do they need some space? Do they need their own place to do things?" Like basically, I mean, it's just like if you were having like you know a guest who was not having a great time. Um, you know, you'd say, hey, do you want to go sit out on the patio? Right. Um, maybe they just need a break from the party.
0: Got it. So maybe having, like, a human-slash-entity chill room. Yeah. Or space where it's like, hey, you can go chill out over here for a while. It seems like you need to calm down.
1: Yeah, especially because if, if your security has enough permissions and is adept enough with um, astral space, they can just... Create a little pocket area that right. you don't, you, it just, just does not have to match up with your floor plan.
0: Right. That's another fun part about spirit parties. They could be a lot bigger as long as you make sure to, like, you know, bump the astral walls a bit.
1: Yeah, you just got to contain it.
0: You know, it could be a- contained outside the house.
1: It's like in Second Life where you've got, like, the little doghouse on the ground and, then, like, the parties up in the sky with, with the horses.
0: Really? I can <laughs> really referencing the McElroys right now?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> hey, we also watch YouTube. <laughs> uh,
1: that's, I, that's right. You, you, we watch YouTube, and that's what the McElroys are I, on, and, and YouTube I'm, only has the McElroys.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying, it's like, I feel like, okay, I've got a little salt of my own about podcasting in general. Oh, boy. I feel like most podcasts don't want to admit that there are other podcasts or other forms of media out there. Like No, nah, that's are legit. Some self-contained little thing and we can't be meta and we can't make references to stuff that we like that is outside the podcast realm.
1: I find that <laughs> podcasts that are on networks with other podcasts that often cross-promote Yeah. tend to be a lot different because they already know the value of networking with other artists. But, but people who are trying to kind of make it their own bubble um, I do notice either that or they're more corporate and so they're only allowed to mention right. other things unless those people pay or right. have a tie-in or something.
0: Meanwhile, we're just doing this because... Why are we doing a podcast?
1: <laughs> the same reason you climb a mountain. Because it's there. But... <laughs> Look, that was the best Star Trek. If all the other Star Treks
0: Sometimes were basically
1: lost to time.
0: That we have <laughs> a visual element just for this moment of just me looking at you? Like, why?
1: So for everyone who doesn't get the Star Trek Five reference, I just dropped. That's what it's from.
0: Media alert.
1: <laughs> I'm telling you because... One of my favorite Star Treks is, like, the movie Nobody Likes so Watch, <laughs> so most people are going to be like,
0: what did he reference? Yep. So, yeah. Anyways, that salt is done. We are going to be referencing other media.
1: Mm. <laughs> Baby Yoda.
0: It's the child. <laughs>
1: when 50 years old you are, <laughs> the child you will be known as.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> known as the child you will be. So, I mean, you could watch
1: The Mandalorian uh, <laughs> at, at, you know, your spirit party. Whatever they are into. And by the way, gosh, n- never hesitate to expose spirits to popular culture.
0: Please. Um,
1: you'll, uh, if you give them a, f- just... 15 minutes to attune to the vibe of the party, you'll often find that they are not going to talk like they're from the 1600s. Um, Mm -hmm. and you just got to give them a little bit of time to get up to speed. And
0: figure out when they are. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, they may not have heard of Star Wars, but they're probably going to be completely engrossed by it. Unless you don't like Star Wars, in which case they're going to still be engrossed by it, but you're not going to be having any fun.
0: Yeah. So it's really easy to entertain spirits. Yes. Um... So, for some of us who are not as easily, are like, as used to being attuned to spirits, like, I know you and I, we've been working with entities, um, like, for years, so mm-hmm. we're pretty attuned to, like, catching some of the less, uh, ostentatious stuff, like, um, using some of our psychic senses to pick up how spirits are acting, But, um, for people who don't do that as much, um, what are some ways that people can sort of notice that, like, if there's someone who's just throwing their first spirit party and they're really nervous and their nerves are, like, messing with, I guess, maybe their clairvoyance or something, how do people kind of notice that spirits are there?
1: So, there's, uh, one, if you can't get a read on things because of your emotions, you always want to just have a divination method. And uh, you'll want a definition method that doesn't require your imagination to fill in the blanks. So, something like a complete deck of cards, a, a tarot if you read that, a Lenormand if you read that. Um, if you do playing cards, fine. Just something that has a good amount of options so it can tell you a, a complete story. Um, you're not going to be reading a deck of the cards. You're going to be reading a party. Uh, the reason why it's actually going to be easier Than doing it whenever you're just kind of sitting at home And nobody else is around but your cat And it's very quiet And you're really nervous And it feels really weird Is because there's going to be a party happening And once the party starts happening You're not going to be noticing how nervous you are Because there's a party happening mm-hmm. um, And you're going to be worried about Getting the hors d'oeuvres out Or like you know making sure the music is going But you're not going to be worried about about whether or not your spirit senses are attuned, because Mm. you're going to be too busy worrying about other things. Um, And you're also going to be having fun and connecting with people. And as you connect with people, um, and in the emotions of the people and the emotions of the room, you're going to naturally be able to connect with spirits. So, Mm -hmm. one, you're going to feel more attuned, because the party is happening. It's going to kind of like boost your radio signal, as it were. And two... um, now that you're kind of like more in that assured position, um, the party itself will kind of tell you how the spirits are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you put out wine for the spirits and the bottle of wine that you poured that glass from is closed and sealed, but it knocks over and rolls to the edge of the counter, but then stops, check in with the spirits. <laughs>
0: They might want more wine.
1: Yeah, that's a conspicuous kind (laughs) of event that doesn't cause a disaster, but it's basically saying, hey, we need your attention. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, you know, it doesn't need to be dramatic to get your attention as long as you understand that it doesn't need to be dramatic to get your attention. If it's in your head that it has to be high drama for you to connect it to a spirit, then guess what? It's gonna be a dramatic fucking party. Right. Uh, So... You know, just kind of keep that in mind And even just, you know, say to the spirits ahead of time Like, hey, if things are getting really loud And I'm not noticing you Here's how you could check in with me mm-hmm. Um, and It is your job to check in with them Right Like, just kind of, I'd say give it every 30 minutes Um, set an alarm if you need to mm-hmm. Um, but, like Do a little check in and be like, hey Is there anything I need to know? Everything cool? Anything I should bring up?
0: And it doesn't even have to be a noticeable alarm. I mean, no, yeah. I have alarms that only vibrate on, like my phone yeah, just or just like a phone watch. Thing. It's just in your pocket. You just notice, and you just you know excuse yourself and take a minute to check in with the spirit guests. So um, we're sort of talking about this as the perspective of the host, yeah, of the party. What if you're a guest that gets invited to one of these parties? What's some of the etiquette for someone who may be going to a ritual for the first time this year? Uh, I mean, I hope you're not.
1: <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs>
0: That's not good. <laughs> so, in the future post-covid when we're having events again and we're seeing people that we don't know and we can't check and see if they've been like quarantining for two weeks what do you recommend for people who are maybe going to like one of these kind of ritual spirit events that's supposed to be honoring the spirits what kind of stuff do you uh, suggest for being like a proper guest
1: so first, I would just ask the people ahead of time. If, if you've never been to something like this before and you've never actually been to anything that's part of this tradition or uh, circle or whatever, and basically you're, you're walking in without a clue. Ask the host. Mm-hmm. like check in, just email them like a couple weeks ahead of time or whatever, just like you know sometime ahead of time, not the day ahead of time, not the same day, but just you know when they're not caught up in planning, like, hey, I have no clue what's going on. Could you let me know, like, what it is that I should be doing? And what it is it I should expect? Because, um, especially when it comes to spiritual stuff, everyone does this different. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I would want to know, like, hey, do you expect me to pledge anything at this uh, ritual? Because that could get weird. I'm gonna have to check in with spirits that I work with if you want me to like swear an oath mm-hmm. or something. Um, are you gonna be asking me to? Uh, like uh, make a deal with a deity mm-hmm. or uh, you know something transactional. Um,
0: it could be something as simple as, is there gonna be an expected donation? or uh-huh. is there a cover charge? Hey, is this place uh, accessible? <laughs> you can ask any of those kind of questions as well. Um, but we highly recommend asking it as soon as possible. Uh, I would say don't ask within the week of it happening. Because there's usually most of these kind of ritual events, they are practicing. They are getting stuff set up. They're getting last-minute stuff done the week beforehand. Um, I would ideally, whoever invites you, you should be able to go to them and ask what the protocol is. And they should be able to tell you or give you the person who can give you that information.
1: If they can't give you that information or they seem kind of iffy or they say, Oh, no, it's fine. Run. That's a warning sign.
0: <laughs> Run. <laughs>
1: there is always protocol. There are, are always instructions and there are always expectations. Anytime that somebody is doing a regular event that they've done mm-hmm. before, they ought to be able to tell you something about this. And if they, have, if they act like they have no idea, that is a warning sign. Um... I'm not going to get into all the shifty things it could be doing, because we've got other shit to talk about. We're talking
0: about legit places. Basically,
1: how do you prepare yourself to go to this thing? Um, First off,
0: step zero. Figure out if it's legit.
1: (laughs) I want to talk about, like, now that I've said, you know, it's some things to be alert for, uh, the other side of things. How to be a good guest. One of the things you need to do is manage your expectations of this event. Mm-hmm. By that I mean, this is probably being led by like a couple, maybe one of their kids or friends, or like two or three friends who know each other, and then their network of friends. Mm-hmm. That's always how it's done. If it's a more official thing that's actually got like you know a civic center rented or something, then this is a different thing than what we're talking about. Yes, we're talking about like some private circles, small ritual in their backyard. That you've been invited to for the first time. So they are probably not ADA compliant. I hate to tell you that, but it's true. Yes. So ask them ahead of time like, hey, I have a walker and I can't get around certain places without the walker. Mm-hmm. So please let me know is this going to be something that isn't workable? Is there something like, can we talk through how I can get in if that, you know, if there's like some steps that make it difficult? Like basically, you're going to need to work with the person. If there is a barrier, this is not something like um, a, a public institution yes. that has to to you know uh, get like you know uh, accommodate you for that. Mm-hmm. And also, it's just a matter of scale. They're doing everything else that they're doing, and this may be the first time that they've been asked about whatever accommodation it is that you're talking about. And when I say accommodation, I don't mean um, disability only. Uh, I mean,
0: it could be food. Yeah. I know, um, I mean, you've got a really good example, gluten.
1: I'm allergic to gluten, and I know it's a problem. Like, don't tell me it's a problem. I know. Um,
0: (laughs) And And so... There's a lot of times where we've brought it up. I mean, uh, there's plenty of times where I've brought it up, and someone is like, oh, I've never even thought to check. Like, there's something, like, some small uh, piece that they expect everyone to eat, and they're like, wait, I've never thought about the fact that this is, like... Not only does it contain gluten, wait, it also contains milk. Who's mm-hmm. got some da- dairy issues? You know, it's getting people thinking about stuff like that as well.
1: Um, um, one very common um, situation is a shared offering like that. Yes. And somebody um, is diabetic. Yes. Um, don't assume that people can drink alcohol or drink uh, yes. fruit juice without kind of assistance like that. It's... It's weird how much you can't assume, but that's why breaking bread is kind of a metaphor. Right. Like, you're supposed to get the the communal part of that. hmm So, um, what you can do as a guest, basically, know that there might be something where you're going to have to, like, ask questions, explain, and talk with someone, but, like, if it... This is the part where you get to figure out, is this the event for you to go to? Yeah. Um... Now, if they have a lot of confusion or a, a way more difficulty than seems necessary in dealing with um, your accommodations, which probably seem minor to you, that might be a good sign not to go.
0: Um, another thing that you can think about as well is if there's a food component, um, basically finding out if you have some kind of like either a diabet- dietary restriction or just like personal thing. Um, figuring out if it would be okay if you don't partake. Because you can always, uh, have a snack with you, you know, if it's one of those events where, um, I've, honestly, I've snuck off to the bathroom and had a couple of granola bars before because I hated everything that was there. Yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as that. I don't like any of the food that's here. I don't want to eat any of it. I'm going to go to the bathroom and just munch. Some people might think that's unsanitary. That's just me, (laughs) but you could find a quiet place to, like, I mean, even if you step outside for a smoke break or go to your, you know, your vehicle or step around the corner or something, you could probably find a place where you could eat something, so that would be something to consider as well. If there, sometimes people just have a hard time sourcing, you know, food or it's just depending on the event, they might have already set the menu, um... Think about if that's going to be a deal breaker because that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about. As guests, is like, hey, if the food is a part of the event, what if you can't eat it or if you just don't like it? Mm-hmm. You can always have the option of just eating beforehand or afterwards and having something there with you to snack on. Yeah, um,
1: and also you can ask the hosts like um, if there's like a big fancy dessert component of their. Uh, ritual, and, um, like, it's gonna be a big, like, uh, uh a tea party or something. Yeah. Where, like, everybody sits down and it's, it's fancy. Like, you know, I've basically said, hey, can I just bring my own fancy little yeah. dessert? Um, or whenever it's a big group thing, um, gosh, for over a year, I basically brought dessert yep. for, um, a regular get-together that we went to because, I hate store bought gluten free desserts that are for groups. They there you they, go. they they suck. Yeah. So I just would make brownies.
0: So that's another thing to think about. Maybe instead of just being like, "Hey, um, can you accommodate me?" Just thinking about volunteering. That's another way to be a good guest. If there's something where you know it's unusual, or um, if it's like a dietary thing, just bring you know, bring enough, either enough for just yourself or enough to share with everyone.
1: Actually, a good example of accommodations that people don't think about. There was that that same uh, group that we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have an air conditioner there, and in the yes. summer it was so hot that I, I went to one get together there where they didn't have an air conditioner. And it was and it was summer, and um, after that I said, "Hey, can I bring my portable air mm-hmm. conditioner to the event?" Because. I wanted to be in the air conditioner. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's another thing ahead of time to sort of gauge the interest and in, uh, to go back to the legit side of things. Um, offering, you know, if possible, if you have a solution to your own problem, offering to fix it. <laughs> it yes. Can, you know. And this also makes gauging, you very popular. It gauges their reaction because you might not be the only person that's hot. But nobody else has felt comfortable enough to say something because yeah, it, they don't have a portable air conditioner in this case,
1: or they have it, but like uh,
0: it's really hard to.
1: It's <laughs> uh, it's actually kind of a power move to suggest something like that. <laughs> by like some might consider that, and so you want to feel okay making yeah. that suggestion. Like you just basically when you make that suggestion, don't do it in a way that insults them. Right. That implies that they should have one right. because like they usually don't have 12 people in their living room and so it's probably not hot whenever we're all gone
0: so that's a couple of ways to be a good guest ahead of time now let's say you vetted the event everyone's great all your accommodations are seen for you know exactly what's going to go on um you know who to check in with um oh that's another thing to talk about finding out who you can check in with if something is not right because you are having stuff with spirits, especially if it's one of your first encounters, you're not going to really know your personal way of interacting with them. Um, you're not going to know how you pick up on spirit stuff. Um, I mean, I had a few ideas when I was first starting with spirits and a couple of them had to like metaphorically knock me over the head to be like, Hey, that's not actually how it works with your psychic abilities. So, um, part of vetting the space is finding out who you can check in with if you are, we're just talking if you're, like, brand new, or even if you're just new to what the type of ritual is. If something, if you're feeling, you know, any ill effects, who can you check in with? Yeah, and
1: the thing is, uh, I'm gonna kind of speak from both ends here. There we go. Um, the event planner... You need to have somebody that they could check in with. And, by the way, if you don't have somebody, then you are that person. You need to be that person, uh, if you don't have somebody. It's okay that you're the spirit chicken person. All it means is that, like, if something, not if something goes wrong, but if someone is confused, you're the person they ask. hmm And you'll probably know what to tell them. Um, you know, this spirit keeps on using the color red in Visions. What's that about? Yeah. You'll probably know. Congrats. Um... <laughs> Otherwise, please appoint somebody who is available to answer questions and can do so succinctly
0: and move the party on. Um, now and on someone the... who is familiar with the spirits and is also able to do some uh, checking, whether divinatory I mean, preferably divinatory but also, like, logically. hmm Because you've got to remember the fact that people interact with spirits differently. Uh, everyone's gonna have their own experience. so someone might be seeing colors and you might not be familiar with having that association with the spirit. but don't immediately assume that the person is wrong, but just be polite about it.
1: Um, one classic thing would be uh, a person isn't doesn't feel comfortable around say ghosts. They feel mm-hmm. too cold or they feel like really really you know creepy crawly. Uh, which is a scientific term, and um, usually the advice is basically, hey, well, the ghosts are over there in that part of the room, Mm -hmm. so you go over here in this part of the room where the ghosts are not. Yeah. Um, If you cannot manage to have the ghosts not be in a certain part of the room, the ghosts are not invited. Yes. Uh, Because this is a party. (laughs) Right. Um, And that's the thing, is that if you've got the party going right, everybody likes a party, Mm -hmm. everybody knows how to act at a party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we figured out who to talk to if something's, like, wiggity-woo. We've got the logistics ahead of time figured out. We've got any uh, restrictions figured out. Now, you're actually at the party, and it's your first time, and you suddenly realize that there's a part that they all know that you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, whether overlooking or someone just doesn't think of it because everyone's so used to doing it by now, what do you do if you end up being, like, found not knowing what to do next.
1: You're the odd one out. So, um, there's a couple ways this can go. Uh, let's go over one first, just like the the innocent, hey, nobody clued me in on this. hmm because uh, there's also the one where you're told ahead of time, but you forgot. Right. That's a different case. Right. Um, so, you're expected to know something that you couldn't possibly know. Um, do you ad-lib and just make it work? Or, um... Do you find a way to signal, hey, I need help? Um, There's a third option of discreetly moving out of the way. Mm -hmm. So these three things are going to be the things I suggest. The interesting thing is that the first one, like find a way to ad-lib and make it work, usually is the way that you work with spirits. Mm -hmm. Like that is the part where you often just walk into the ritual and start like being part of things. Mm -hmm. That's usually the part where the spirits connect with you. It's just like the part where you kind of naturally reach out. Now, if that's not the right time for that, or you don't want to do that, I don't like to say you're not comfortable with that, because you might decide not to do that for any number of reasons that have nothing to do with your comfort levels. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you decide not to do that, then uh, you can bow out, um, and basically I would say do the... uh, slowly turning a light bulb that's right above your shoulder gesture Uh, (laughs) (laughs) hello that little wave Um, and uh, people typically know that that means help me the fuck out Mm -hmm. Um, the other one if you're good at spycraft is making yourself completely disappear like a ninja and (laughs) if you're an occultist you should gain this ability anyway smoke bomb Yeah, if you don't have a smoke bomb in your pocket and you don't have pocket sand, um, then (laughs) I aspire to pocket sand. Now is the time to kind of, like, are people moving in a line towards somewhere else to go into another room to do a big, important thing? Now is your time to move into the corner and go to the bathroom. Like, uh, are, are people all going in one direction towards something, now is your time to figure out how to move yourself to the side so they can go around you. Um, Basically, just learn to blend in with the scenery for a couple of moments, and then reassess your situation.
0: Cultivate your inner wallflower.
1: Your inner wallpaper, and then wear (laughs) it. Wear it on the outside. (laughs) No! Oh, gosh. That's Uh, too much. Was that one of the one of the Sherlock's home, Sherlock Holmeses that uh, RDJ played. Yes. He, he wore wallpaper yes. a lot. No, That's he not wore a real superpower.
0: He wore it once. Anyways. Yeah. So, wallpaper and wallflowers aside. What do you do after the party? What do you do... Wait. Specifically, what do you do if the spirits want to have an after party?
1: Oh, if they want to follow you home?
0: Like, I mean, either as a host or as a guest, let's hit host first. What if the spirits want to have an after party?
1: Well, so, (laughs) first of all, you do need to establish this is your house and the party stops when you say it stops. Right. So, uh, do make sure that that is not... uh, That's under
0: security. That's
1: just something that people understand and that spirits understand as well. So... Uh, But if they do want things to, to go on, if they do want an after party and such... Um, basically, check in with security. I mean, Mm -hmm. see if this is something that you want to pay for if you're paying your security out of pocket. Right. Um, you know, they could request that all they want, but they can also go kind of find an, uh, they can go find a bar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They can make their own after party. Yeah. So, um, I guess the first question is, like, how do you, before the after party, how do you shut down a party? Because you got to stop the party in order to have an after party.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this is a, definitely a case of read the room. Right. Uh, there's certain times when you stop a party and certain times that you don't. If it's really rocking, then you probably just want to let it go on its own energy for a while and wait to see when that starts to ebb. And then be like, hey, everybody, I think we're starting to wind down. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Like, um... Anytime you start a sentence with, hey, everybody, everybody knows what you're about to say, which is, we've got about 20 minutes left of gas in this party. Mm -hmm. Bottle it up.
0: So, um, related to that. What if you have a space for only a certain amount of time, or you have a certain amount of time to throw a party, Mm -hmm. and it seems like it's really going good, but you know you've got, like, 15 minutes to, like, wrap it up before you got to clean up for something?
1: Okay, well, this is where, since you've got spirits, it's actually a lot easier. (laughs) Um, It may seem like this could last forever, but once you check in with security, you would be like, Hey, we got to wrap this shit up. Could you, like, maybe get them moving? Like, suddenly... Um, Pandora cuts out. (laughs) (laughs) Classic example.
0: Party's over.
1: And it's not something that seems like anybody did it on purpose because it just kind of happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's usually a natural place where the, 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 the rhythm sort of skips and everybody's Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, that's right. You know, everybody gains a sort of self-awareness all Uh of a sudden. Like, that's when everyone can kind of feel, okay. Now we're in a different period. This is yep. when we're wrapping it up.
0: So, yeah. Um, basically, you just try to give the wrapping up vibe. Without, yeah. like, literally cleaning them out.
1: Like, please don't, especially if you're inside of what's con- still considered a ritual, like, make little tut-tut sounds and be like, Okay, everyone, it's getting kind of late. Like, you want to have a nice vibe mm-hmm. for this. And there's plenty of ways to to be like, okay let's stop having fun and start cleaning up without saying it like yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, winding down a party is important. I mean, maybe like putting away the games at least, starting to clean up those, that's usually a good idea. Asking for
1: help is a really good idea yeah. because people really like to help and then that gives them a very broad hint that oh, you are yeah. trying to clean up. Um actually please ask your guests for help cleaning up because there's nothing I hate as a guest more than seeing the host clean up the entire time and not accept help from guests because, like, people just want to help. It it makes me feel good to, to do that. So let your guests help out. Yeah, like, asking for that pretty much gives everybody the broad signal of, hey, human limitations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've covered how to close out a party... Let's talk about the after party. Oh, by
1: the way, uh, if you tell everybody ahead of time what the schedule is, it would be great if in the room you have a visible clock. Yes. (laughs) And then they can help you out with the timing as well. Yes. So, sorry. After party. After party. All right, so. We throw
0: away the clock.
1: Let's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what kind of after party are we talking about here? Like, all I mean, the human guests go home and it, deal it the just spirits? It just seems
0: like, uh, yeah, I guess that would be part of it. Um, the spirits seem like they want to keep going. Yeah. Um,
1: That's actually pretty easy to do. Um, I try to keep out the spirit offerings for them. Mm-hmm. Um, like usually, especially if it's wine, I, I set out the wine where they can just have it accessible. I tend to mm-hmm. toss it out the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, try to keep the music going, but keep it lower, maybe, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe uh, different different music.
0: Ah, you mm-hmm. know,
1: after party music. Put on yeah. some smooth jazz.
0: That is not after party music. That is oh my god, I'm hungover and it's three a.m. music.
1: It might be though.
0: But that's not an after party That's the after after party
1: If if COVID is over, what you should really do Is just take your ass to Denny's
0: (laughs) That is a proper after party I've gotta say Denny's is always a bit weird Spirits like Denny's Because they can get away with shit Because everyone expects Denny's to be a bit weird
1: Just gonna say, if you're allergic to gluten Don't eat the eggs, they put pancake batter in it
0: Um, that's talking sort of as a host. What happens with a guest that ends up, you know, having a few spirits wanting to, like, take the after party with them?
1: So, if you get a broad signal, if you get any kind of an inkling that's going to happen, tell the host. Because they absolutely need to know that their spirits are asking uh, to go home with you. Because that's kind of on them. Right. Uh... As a host, by the way, it's on you to let your spirits know that they should not be doing this with noobs. (laughs) Like, basically, you should not be getting a hookup from spirits at a party that's managed correctly. Yeah. Now, um, if they do ask politely, like, hey, could you maybe check in with the host? Because I kind of want to, like, talk with you some more. Like, or, like, you know, they give you, like, some pokes, but not necessarily a take me home with you and put me inside a creepy doll. (laughs)
0: that's a different thing don't do that just don't do that (laughs) just don't
1: god (laughs) so are you the house that all the haunted doll watch dolls come from
0: (laughs) (laughs) no i have
1: to find who that is so um ask the host like hey I'm getting an indication from the spirits that they want to, like, kind of, like, work with me some more and that they might be, like, you know, asking to, like, you know, show up at my place. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. In fact, the words, what do you think about that, are really good to use because it's an open prompt for them to say anything instead of asking them, is this okay? Okay. Because it's none of their business whether it's okay. Right. Um, The thing is... It's not their place to say whether that spirit gets to go somewhere or whether you get to work right. with the spirit. However, if the spirit said, hey, I want to start working with you as soon as you get home, and like you were told that this was just going to be like a light offering ritual and not to expect anything like big to happen, then yes, the host needs to answer for something because that's a bit that's a bit much it's extra
0: yes it's extra
1: so if something extra happens host needs to answer for it. if it's just an idle poke ask the host like hey what do you think about the fact that i got a poke Mm -hmm. um and do remember it's not their job to tell you what your experience is or, or to tell you what the meaning of things are that is something that you get to do yes you can ask for any information you want to try to get from them though because if this is a spirit that wants to work with you and this person has been working with the spirit for a while Mm -hmm. you want to find out anything they know while being polite Yes,
0: (laughs) because remember, you're still at a party, and they are still the host, and they can kick you out without actually telling you anything, and the spirit might follow you anyways, and you might want to know that information.
1: So, if they've been working with a spirit for years, you're going to know a lot about that spirit that um, other people don't. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is kind of a double-edged sword, because there's going to be a lot of things they're not going to want to tell you, because that way only they know it, and that keeps (laughs) them protected. And sometimes it's stuff that's very personal and private to them, and you don't really need to know it. Um, but, um, there's going to be plenty of things that they know because they read from some book in the 1700s or something, and there could be plenty of other people who know it, you just yeah. don't really know how to get it. Like, just be polite, ask questions, have something of your own to offer in exchange, like, everybody knows something. Yeah. Um, just, uh, you know, remember that you're asking for something of value. hmm Um, just try to make it a valuable experience for them
0: yeah and a lot of the time don't be afraid especially if you're at something that's honoring a certain entity don't be afraid to mention like um, hey I think something's going on and checking in with a host like that's not embarrassing at all that's not um, if you were to stand up on the stage and be like guess what I have been touched and I have a message for everyone here
1: don't do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> go to the host and talk to them about it. If they actually are genuine, this is another way to see if you ever want to go back again. They would be excited to find out that you, as an invited guest, had a personal experience with the entity that is being honored.
1: I have had that happen as a host. Like, guests have talked to me about, like, spirits. Uh, approaching them or like you know saying stuff or just generally being at parties that i've thrown and i love to hear like one what they their experience is and what their feedback is and two like i want i want them to have a really good experience and you know a good experience in the future
0: yeah so don't be afraid to say that I, I want to say that because I was the type of person that I was actually afraid to say this.
1: I'm afraid to say it, too. Like, it's, 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 it's hard. It's a hard bridge to cross. It
0: is hard because it for some reason, people act like they have to match exactly what another person has experienced mm-hmm. in order for this experience to be valid. Your experience is valid because you had it. No one else has to validate that experience I have experiences in my own life that no one can validate but me and I treasure them. But don't be afraid to share those experiences. If you're with a group of people that are genuinely also connecting with that same entity or those same entities, they are going to be happy to hear that you have made a personal connection as well. Even if it's just as little as, oh, I think somebody knocked my glass over. Um, what? (laughs) Sometimes those are funny. And they show, uh, you know, parties, stuff's gonna happen. Don't be afraid to share it. um, But at the same time, don't proclaim that it is the end-all be-all of the party.
1: Yeah, this party is not about you. It's literally about the spirits. And... Like now, that does mean that you're probably gonna have an experience having to do with the yeah. spirits, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it absolutely will happen, right? Um, I've gone to plenty of rituals and parties and events where there's a spirit or a deity being honored, and I've had an experience, or I've just not had an experience, or right. I've basically just had a, a, a mild poke. Um, there's there's all kinds of range that you can expect. It's just like if you went to uh, a large-ish party. A that's, wedding. Yeah, a, a largest wedding. largest
0: wedding. Yeah, sometimes you, got, you don't know the bride. You're not, uh, I mean, not only that, but even if you know the bride, you're not always going to get more than a couple of minutes because they are super busy. Yeah. It is crazy. Like, I have been to several weddings where the bride is someone that I've grown up with and I got maybe 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, so even like... Even
0: as, like, a bridesmaid. You don't get much time to hang out on the wedding day. So, um, keep that in mind as well. You know, you might end up in, you know... They're usually a lot more casual than a wedding and not so regimented. And spirits can also be in more places than once. But you can only be stretched so far before it's just meaningless. And apparently Holly wants to join in because he has words of his own. Just being a cat Oh
1: So I wanted to say um, One thing you're going to want to ask the host Mm -hmm. Is How do I contact the spirit later? Yes Um, Because if you were at a wedding What you would do is be like Hey Do you have like a business card on you? What's your cell phone number? Are you on
0: Facebook? Right
1: Um, And here you'd be like Hey Is there a specific name that this deity answers to Whenever people are calling out to it And not part of this tradition? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there a good way of offering to it Whenever someone is at home and not at a party? Uh, is there maybe a sigil that I should be, uh, like putting out, uh, what's like the proper order of things just to get to know the spirit and, you know, be aware that the host may not actually have time to tell you that tonight. And so Mm -hmm. you may have to shoot them an email after that or something. Um, it also like this, it really depends like, you know, what the circumstances are, but, um, if a spirit finds a connection with you at this party, and wants to work with you after this party, the spirit will find a way to make it happen. It's not going to be very hard. In fact, one of the ways that you're going to know that it's a spirit who wants to work with you is it's not going to be very hard.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
1: Uh, That's that's basically how they confirm things for you, is that... uh, Things become significant.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but that's beyond the scope of a party. So, I think we've pretty much covered everything having to do with the spirit party.
1: Yeah, I guess we've kind of... Are we reaching the end of our party?
0: I think we're reaching the end of our podcast party. Mm. Especially since the cats are deciding that it's going to be a different kind of party.
1: It is cat circus over there. (laughs) So, they're very excited... Um, well, is there anything else that we wanna kind of say before we we head off about like the party stuff um anything about the party that we're about to do
0: um I don't know. I mean anything you're looking forward to i'm I'm looking forward to a day of food and chilling out and hanging out because I've had a horrible week, <laughs> and I am gonna be happy to be on my butt.
1: I am looking forward to focusing on the spirits and really getting in touch with them because I feel mm. like this year, even though I spent so much time in the house and so much time theoretically having time to do things, I have had very little ability mm-hmm. to really focus on the spirits this year because this world has needed so much of my attention. Um, and so have the cats. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be very nice to check in with them. Yes. And kind of reset, and um, you know, I kind of want to take them home with me again, even though they're technically here already, you know?
0: Right? Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to that, too. So, it's uh, always nice to have something, even in your personal uh, practice, where you just have a chance to sit down and check in. Even if it's just once a year. Mm -hmm. Like, entities don't mind if all you can do is once a year. You know? Um we' they're just happy you're checking in. I mean, if they're cool. <laughs>
1: some, some of my practice, the only thing I was able to do for uh, a year or two was basically say my daily morning prayers mm-hmm. was essentially what it was. And it and this was just like the same thing each day mm-hmm. every single time, but like
0: your daily mantra.
1: It was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, establish yeah. a connection and the rest will happen.
0: Yeah, so, really excited to be connecting with the entities that we both work with, and just, I mean, do you want to say anything about the fact that, like, um, just real quick, that Halloween is being lining up very weird this year.
1: It's nice that it's right before an election, and it's on a full moon, and it's on a Saturday, and
0: and it's the day before the like fall back. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Savings. We've got
1: a whole extra hour of weird phantom time that appears, and it's uh and, and the first day of the King's Ride is going to be on a Sunday. Like this is like maximum great if you're <laughs> one of the two people in the world who's practicing. <laughs> <laughs> with the court. <cord. laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Um I'm actually kind of relieved not to have to worry about a bunch of people out on the streets mm-hmm. this year considering uh the political climate. Yeah. I think it's a good time for people to stay indoors.
0: Right. So yeah. We're gonna have our own little virtual trick or treat.
1: Ooh. Yes, uh Bat-O-Cult Advice is gonna have a little trick or treat event.
0: So, if we put this out before the um, BOA post goes up, you guys get a sneak preview. Otherwise, this is probably going to be out on Halloween.
1: That occult advice was going to have a Halloween event, and.
0: (laughs) Did! Did!
1: In the event that you got this at a certain time, please advance to this time. (laughs) It's like a choose your own adventure podcast. No,
0: we're not going to do that. That is way too much editing.
1: Oh, my gosh. So,
0: anyways, like all good parties. Everything must come to an end. And this podcast, I think, is at the end. Um, so throw down a bottle of liquor
1: and yell, Scatter!
0: SCATTER! Circle of Salt Going Critical is brought to you by husband and husband duo, Felix Warren and Tiff Cadmian. You can find Felix on Tumblr at datassda at a s s and you can find Tiff also on Tumblr at Mysterious Dark Shadow. Mysterious Dark Dash Shadow.